is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Thanks for making us part of your day. Uh, real quick here, Gordon, because we're going to get to Frank Dolce coming up momentarily, but we got a, uh, a press release from BYU uh, talking about restructuring their athletic communications department, and uh, they're, they're kind of going in a different direction. Um, we don't, I don't want to throw out names because we don't know, but it looks like there's also been quite a few layoffs in their communications department, uh, and Gordon... You know, a lot of fans out there don't know these names, but we certainly do. Working close, closely with that department as part of the media, a lot of good people down there at BYU. Uh, for the names that I've I've seen thus far, again, I don't want to be reckless and, and throw names out there, but man, sorry to hear it, and, and best of luck to those those folks in the future. And thanks for their good work helping uh, organizations like us cover BYU. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And for people to lose their jobs is always difficult. And, uh, you know, talented people who probably find something, but still, I mean, they're doing what they wanted to do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it, right? Yeah. So BYU streamlining some things in communications, unfortunately, meaning some some layoffs. And there's no doubt that uh, this whole thing has been tough on athletic departments around the country. And uh, BYU, no no exemptions. So um, best of luck to those those folks who are affected by it, no doubt about it. All right, mm-hmm. let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now, former Ute quarterback, longtime Ute analyst, and our good friend, or at least Gordon's, Frank Dolce here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hello, Frank. Hello, guys. Yes, Jake, I don't want you to feel like I'm not your friend. <laughs> it's just that You Gordon like Gordon more? It's have... okay. <laughs> We just have a connection. I mean, maybe it's based on our similarity in age and experience, um, or or maybe it's based on you know our mutual love and respect for human beings. But uh, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. have accuracy on my side. You can have Gordon's on yours. It's fine. Accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding frank you're the man thanks for jumping on with us what a what a wild time to be talking utah football we heard from kyle whittingham earlier today on the severity of the of the outbreak within the team of course uh we know that uh the arizona game was canceled and now they're trying to tape it together for ucla give us your kind of take on the broad view of what's going on with the utes well i i in, in lots of ways i I feel like, um, uh, you know, this is something that all the teams are going to have to manage and deal with. And, and he, he, you know, I, I still think there's some positive things that are newsworthy that are out there, especially related to kind of mortality rates. And even though we've, we've seen an increase in cases and positives and all of that, I'm not discounting that at all. But, but I think there, that, that we've, as a group, as a society, have managed the the pandemic a little bit better, and and especially this age group. It sounds like Coach Whittingham's team was hit pretty hard, and uh, even one kid going to the hospital, and that's not good. But it sounds like everybody now is recovering, and and they've had a couple a couple positive signs 
And even with all of that, I still say that this has been mismanaged by the Pac-12. Like, uh, the Pac-12, had the Pac-12 jumped on earlier when lots of other football programs jumped on earlier, then, then we wouldn't have – I don't think we would have compounding problems. Like, um, I just feel like now this, this schedule is going to be a disaster. And with the increase in cases – we're going to see several more cancellations of games and, um, and, and there's no recourse. You, you know, you're just going to lose games. I, I would imagine that we're going to see teams with like a three or four game schedule um, because the, the first, the restrictions are very tight and there's no, there's, there's no time to, to edit any of the games after you make a cancellation. So um, as, as tough as it, as it is for these teams who are trying to their best to manage everything, um, I still put it back on, I would say that the Pac-12 has mismanaged it from the beginning. Frank, how would you handle this? Would you go about it? Let's say the Utes, okay, the Utes can't play their first game. There's a chance they could lose the UCLA game. I don't know. They're planning on playing, but who knows what's going to happen. But if mm-hmm. they did, if they did lose a couple games, by lose, I don't mean lose them on the field. I mean not be able to play them. What right. from a from a coaching standpoint, do you go about your business the same way, or is this a total throwaway? Well, I'll I'll tell you how. I mean, Coach, Coach Whittingham will manage it the same way because that's just that's just how he is. I think the most difficult thing for for Coach Whittingham in this in this whole pandemic is the the lack of structure that he's been able to enact on his in his program and with his team and he's a guy that thrives in, in structure so you know it's to the point where on a daily basis there's a question about what his roster looks like so th- those are things those are the things that i think will be difficult on a guy like coach whittingham but but for him he'll just approach it every day the way that he always approaches it you know, on that uh, kind of a similar note, Frank, listening to his press conference today, his voice sounded a little different to me. Like, hey, this is not that he was rattled or anything, but kind of like, hey, man, this is this has been hard. And he was quite transparent talking about it. But it, it made it it made me come away thinking that Utah is is going to benefit from having that stability that you talk about in that structure, even though it's <laughs> being put to the test here. I think that that Utah will benefit from Coach Witt's leadership and get the best you know, get as many games in and get the best outcome they possibly can get. No, no question about that. I think his style, um, you know, there's, there's a lack of stability (laughs) right now in, in society uh, for lots of reasons. And, and so especially, you know, these younger guys who are still trying, they're still kind of trying to figure out how everything works and, and even us older guys, I mean, we don't know how everything works. But, but in times like this, you really look for kind of foundational people, uh, people who seem to have their feet well planted on the ground, um, who are steadfast, who are steady, who uh, give the, at least the appearance of having a plan and some optimism and a path to move forward. And I think that's probably how you could describe coach Whittingham and the way that he's always managed his team. And so, you know, never too high, never too low, pack your lunch pail. Let's get to work. I think that's his, 
that's his attitude. That's how he's lived his life. And I think for lots of us, and most importantly, maybe his team can follow that example. Kyle said during the press conference that a couple of position groups were decimated by this. Uh, do you have any idea which what those are? And uh, I guess the bigger question is, I wrote a column over the weekend that Utah should show a little more transparency in what's going on with their program. I'm not talking about naming names. I get the HIPAA thing and all that. But but do you think it would be it would help them to be a little more forthcoming in in, in what's going on? Well, I don't I don't know if it would help them or hurt them about being more forthcoming. I I know what the I mean I think I know what the issue is regarding talking about who who does who doesn't position groups that have been hit hard and and. Uh, you know, there's probably some of it that's related to um, co- confidentiality and protecting kids and his team. And, and there's probably some of it, to be quite honest, that has to do with not giving an opponent an advantage. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's probably a few reasons why Coach Whittingham is not being um, perceived as being forthcoming about about the what's happening within the within the walls of this team. All right, Frank. I want to I want to ask you about Chip Kelly, and I, I apologize if this gets long winded. But Gordon and I had a conversation last week about you know right coach, right time, right place, and and how much all three of those factors can really matter. Chip Kelly at Oregon, innovative coach, right place, right time, had a ton of success. Not as innovative as he used to be, right? I mean, his, his system, you know, football's caught up with his system a little bit. He goes to the NFL, uh, doesn't have a ton of uh, success there at a couple of different jobs, comes back to college, goes to UCLA, and so far cannot get that program off the ground. And I don't know if it's going to be any different this year. Uh, but your your thoughts on the evolution of Chip Kelly and whether or not uh, you think he's going to be successful at UCLA? I, I'm off the Chip Kelly bandwagon, um, in, and I think he, he, he just had kind of a magical thing happen at Oregon where all the stars aligned, and he was doing something just a little different and playing the game at a different pace. People weren't used to that. Um, and, and then when you get to the NFL and everybody plays at a different pace, and that, that thing didn't work. Uh, and then, and then, you know, it's, it, I can't remember what was the last time he, when was the last time he coached at Oregon versus when he started coaching at UCLA, what time period expired? And then, and then everyone else kind of caught up. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think it makes it when, when you look at Chip Kelly and all the success that he had at Oregon, uh, for that short period of time and where he's gone now, it makes it even more amazing to look at a guy like Coach Whittingham to do what he's done over the, you know, the number of years that he's done it. And now he's just signed a new contract to do it for a bunch of more years at the University of Utah. And his ability, I mean, we talk about him being rigid and st- structured and strict and all of those things, but um, he certainly has been able to, kind of roll with the times um, and, and keep his program relevant over a, an extremely long period of time. And, and so, and, you know, long answer to your question, I don't think 
Chip Kelly is going to is the right guy at UCLA, and I don't think he's going to unless something changes drastic. I usually think that a you know a small tweak here and there can improve things dramatically, but I think there needs to be drastic changes at UCLA for him to be to become really successful, like he did at Oregon anyway. Frank, a couple of uh, Utah rivals in the South uh, going up against each other on Saturday, Arizona State and USC. Speaking of coaches in the right or wrong place, Clay Helton has been under a lot of pressure or feeling some heat to get things right. And for the first, what, three and a half quarters of that game, Uh I thought Clay Helton's in big trouble. And then if you watch the final couple of minutes of that game, unbelievable how how good fortune can rear its uh, head at the right time. USC had no business winning that game, but then there was a long pass that was tipped in the end zone to a teammate from one teammate to another for a touchdown. Then the recovered onside kick, and then USC scores again and wins in, in, a, in a crazy fashion. Uh, did you see any of that game? And if you did, uh, do you? Has your mind changed about what the Utes are facing in the South? Yeah. Well, uh, I did see that, and I, I, my thought was, you know, if Pat Hayden were still around, that he might just walk in at halftime and, and give Clay Helton his walking papers <laughs> in, in that one. Uh, I, I like Clay Helton. Like, th- there's not, you know, if you're talking about human beings, like, that's a – that's kind of a that's a guy you would put on a pedestal is Clay Helton. And I think that's that people commonly say that about him. Uh, I as a football coach, I, I don't think he's ever gotten the most out of the talent that he has available. And he has a lot of talent available at USC. That should be a program. Um, under different direction, I think that talent and that program would be contending on a national level every year. No, no question about it. So, for, I, I don't know that Clay Hel- I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever felt like Clay Helton is the right guy at, at USC. Uh, I still think that USC made an enormous mistake, and maybe they're just putting it off for another year in not doing everything they could to go out and get Urban Meyer if they wanted to be a nationally ranked and and in the national conversation type of program. Um, so, yeah, I, I, like, I like Clay Helton as an individual. I mean, I think he's a fantastic person. And, and as a coordinator, is, uh, I think he's probably very good. But, but I don't think he's ever gotten the most out of the talent he's had available. You know, guys, maybe we can work together to come up with an answer uh, on this one. But who is the best quarterback in the Pac-12 right now? Is it hands down Slovis? Is there? I mean, Jaden Daniels is pretty good, but who right now is the best quarterback? Do you think? Oh, I, 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 I mean, I, yeah, I think you could make the argument for Slovis. Uh, uh, I like Jaden Daniels. Uh, I think he still. There's some progression there for him, um, but super, super talented. I, you know, guys like that um, who who have relied on natural ability for for a long time, um, the game at some point tends to catch up with those guys a little bit, and if they don't evolve with it, so I, I don't know. I'm still I, I like him. I I think that he's probably there's some evolution there that needs to take place. 
Um, I still put him in put him in the top one of you know top quarterbacks in the in the Pac-12. Um, but that's what I'm. That's what I mean about about what Clay Helton has available. I mean, Slovis is. He seems like super talented. That um, touchdown, right. Frank. That touchdown pass he threw to win that game. That was a thing of beauty. Yeah, I mean, he does. He. Those are the things that he does. Where, I mean, I'm. I'm there's not. There's not necessarily a lot of guys. I think we saw. You know, like Justin Herbert made those kinds of throws at at Oregon. Not always, but there were throws that plays that he made that you just thought, "Oh my gosh, that's unbelievable!" And I think Slovis falls into that into that category. I think Daniels falls into that category too. The the stuff that he does um, as well. So I I would say that that Slovis is probably the guy at the top. And we'll, we'll probably have to see some more tape on some other guys to get a real sense of what's going on in the Pac-12. And hopefully we get a chance to, to do that. But, yeah, super talented in, in Southern California. You know, just thinking about it real quick, because the, the, the depth of quarterbacking isn't terrific in the Pac-12 this year, because the only mm-hmm. other nope. couple of quarterbacks I put on there, would you put Chase Garbers from Cal, who's been oft injured, but I guess he's been, uh, he's been okay? I mean, I don't know if there's really a Dorian Thompson Robinson from from UCLA. I mean, we're seeing a lot of new quarterbacks this I, year. It's not a not a great quarterback year. Yeah, I've never been. I, I've not been a fan of Thompson Robinson at UCLA. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's because his his dad has been so uh, vocal about it. I don't know, but that one's difficult. I, the kid at Cal. Uh, doesn't like he's I think he's going to be he's at the end of his career we're going to say he was you know he's good quarterback and um nothing wrong with that but he's you know he's a kind of a good quarterback um in the Pac-12 but but there's I, I just there's just not really that, that much else uh what uh, I'm what is the kid who is the kid at uh Arizona Utah, I'm forgetting his name now uh Utah was going to face him last week but i think that's a that that guy is super talented and he's you know he's big like six five kind of big 235 240 pounds i think he's a talented kid but uh coming into a sophomore year so but there's not a lot across the pac-12 of of you know super high talent the quarterback position right now grant gunnell is that who you're thinking of sorry gunnell, gordon, yeah. yeah gunnell yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i didn't mean gunnell, to step on yeah. you there gordon are you uh, are you suggesting that maybe Cam Rising will be the best quarterback in the Pac-12? Uh, I'm not necessarily suggesting. <laughs> Wait, do you have some do you have some in, inside information, Gordon? No, no, I don't. I thought I thought isn't that who you picked as the starter last he, last time it, we had him? He he is he is the guy I picked, and I kind of go I kind of go back and forth, but I. I got a chance to watch those guys a little bit in the spring. I like both of you know both of the guys. Bentley and Rising. It just seemed to me at that time that that um, Rising was like felt like a guy you'd, you'd want to take into take into battle. So um, that's why I kind of that's why I kind of lean that way. And it's really hard to glean any information out of what Coach Whittingham is saying and and everybody else around the program. But but I think just based on what what Utah has available, talent they have available, offensive line. Um, I, I think Rising's a good fit. I think both, you know, 
both of those guys would work and be successful, and I would put a very close one and two rising Bentley. Frank, thank you very much for coming on with us, buddy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, I'm glad that you guys are staying staying safe and staying healthy, and hopefully um, this week we'll get to see our first uh, Utah Pac-12 football game of the year. It was a little disappointing not to get that one last week, but we'll keep we'll keep our fingers crossed and we'll keep hoping. Back you at know. you, Frank. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Here, here. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it. See you, buddy. It's our friend Frank Dolce. Wow, I'm surprised that there are. Uh, this is not a good quarterback year for the Pac-12. I remember those years, Gordon, we'd go down to Pac-12 Media Day, and it's just, you know, superstar quarterback after superstar quarterback. You know, there was that one year where there was Nick Foles and Brock Osweiler and Andrew Luck, and I can't remember, was it Matt Barkley for USC that year? I mean, there was just these, these just studs. And this year, it's like, well, you know, Keaton Slovis. I, I know a guy that thinks he's awesome, but uh, there's. You know, Jaden Daniels is pretty good, and then it's like, wow, that's pretty much it. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it would be helpful if they could actually play games. You know, it would be. I mean, I don't remember Zach Wilson's name being, you know, really uh, touted for any kind of Heisman consideration this year until he actually got out on the field and started showing people what he could do. Maybe some of these quarterbacks. If they had an opportunity to play the way they normally do, then they would. They would. You. You. By this time, uh, first week, second week of November. Are you kidding me? You'd probably know who the good quarterbacks were, and they would have proved it on the field. But we just don't know at this point. All right, we'll have uh, more coming up next. Stay tuned. Uh, top of the five o'clock hour, Tanner Mingham will join the show at four fifty. We have the not sports report. Lots coming up. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the zone.